Welcome to Dank Ferrick, a Star Wars podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Tyler Mendelson, along with my co-host, Carlos Gomez. And today we're here with our first guest of the show, Laura Kelly. Hello, guys. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you for being so, here. So, yeah. So, Laura, we just wanted to have you maybe introduce yourself, talk about, uh, you know, your relevance to the Star Wars community and the the sort of things you do with your podcast and uh, trivia and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, that sounds great. Um, my friend and I met doing Star Wars trivia, and so we decided, you know, it, it was like our first, the first sort of night that we met, we kind of like shut the bar down, just like talking about Star Wars in general, <laughs> and it was, it was really fun. So we like hung out a couple more times, and it was really her that was like, you know, we really could like, we should do our own podcast. And I was like, no, there's too many Star Wars podcasts. We don't need mm-hmm. to do another podcast. And she's like, yeah, no, we do. But then I like started thinking about it. And I was just like, well, here's all the things I want to do. Here's all the things we could talk about. Here's how we could do something different. Here's how we can try and stand out. Um, and yeah, like Alice is really smart. Like she has like a degree in engineering. I have like a marketing journalism degree. So our skills sort of we're, we're very compatible in terms of like, we have to learn how to edit audio and we have to promote right. the show. And it was just sort of a match made in heaven. So she and I have been doing it for two years now. Our show is called Force Toast, a Star Wars happy hour. And the premise is basically that we drink wine and talk about Star Wars. And we always do trivia at the end of our show um, since that's sort of an homage to just how we met, you know, we always have yeah. to include that. Right, that's awesome. And uh we also like to drink during our podcast, so feel free if you have anything. I love just it. To crack open a cold one right now. Oh, I love it. No, I normally uh, normally I'd be down to clown, but I I've just got water. I was on that walk, and I it wasn't even a long walk or like a heart like a power walk or anything, yeah. and I'm I'm exhausted. So <laughs> I was like, I'm just gonna do water. I think tonight. I gotcha. Okay. I totally support you though. Do your thing. Totally. Okay. Cool. Great. Um, so we're like basically in our beginning stages of this podcast we were also in the same boat where we're like you know there's so many star wars podcasts why should we start one like what is our relevance and what why do we matter to the star wars community why should we open up our voices and talk about this stuff but when we were roommates in la all we would do is talk about star wars and just get into these super nerdy long conversations and so we figured if to an annoying all, degree to every other roommate <laughs> it was like oh god oh stop. we drove him insane yeah. but we figured you know if we do that already on our own why not do this and if people decide to listen then you know we're yeah. all for it annoy people in a massive scale <laughs> <laughs> well that's i mean that's kind of the philosophy we had too because we were like you know we may not be the podcast for everyone but mm-hmm. we're the podcast for someone yeah. and i think if every content creator sort of approaches it like that then and you just kind of go in with no expectations like you're gonna have fun anyway so yeah. fuck it you know <laughs> yeah it's a great way to look at it just you know just do it for fun and if people decide to listen then cool if they don't then oh well exactly yeah um, so you guys met at a trivia competition. Now, what was like your introduction to Star Wars and what made you decide to start doing Star Wars trivia? Sure. So my introduction to Star Wars was incredibly late in life. I didn't like grow up with it, which is 
weird, but um, <laughs> I kind of got into it in like 2014, 2015. Um, and it was sort of leading up to like the, it was all the marketing of The Force Awakens. Mm. And what really drew me in was watching one of the trailers um, where I was like, I was at somebody's, I was at like a party or something. And I can't remember if it was Thanksgiving or what, like, I just remember like football was the thing that was happening at the party and the trailer came on and it was that like weird experience where suddenly like everything in the room just melts away and it's like yeah. your only focus is like what's happening on the screen and it just like sucked me in this really profound way um so at that point I had seen the Phantom Menace as a kid but I had never seen any other Star Wars films and wow. so I, I sat down and was like okay this is Part of my general education in pop culture as a human being, I need to probably sit and watch these. And I just fell head over heels for it. Um, and it really, that's what sort of led me to Star Wars Rebels, which I kind of think of as like my Star Wars, because that's that's my favorite Star Wars of all is that show. And I think part of it is because the show was being made as I was like, really finding my way into the fandom and right. getting like really really into it and so it was really fun to get to like experience this new thing every week that no other star wars fan had experienced before because you know so many people are coming from you know they were raised with the original trilogy or they were raised with the prequels and they know so much and love it all and have loved it their whole lives it was kind of just nice to be among people who are also watching something new for the first time so that's kind of what what sucked me in and then what kept me in you know yeah. Did you watch Rebels uh, before Clone Wars? Um, I think I started watching Rebels and then I realized that I was missing something because all yeah. the stuff, like when Ahsoka showed up at the end yeah. of season one of Rebels, I was like, oh, I'm supposed to know who this is. <laughs> so <laughs> Reference. I, yeah. So yeah. I went back and watched all of the Clone Wars like fairly quickly. And then, you know, it was I was probably kind of watching them together because I still wanted to keep up with Rebels as much as I mm. could. Um, but yeah, that was that was kind of my intro. And I, I love the Clone Wars. I and especially season seven, I thought was totally killer. Um, but yeah, Rebels is one of those shows that'll just kind of like always stick with me. It'll always have a place in my heart. But at the same time, it's hard for me to watch because season four is very sad. So Ooh. I haven't revisited it too much, honestly, since it aired. <laughs> Kanan's death. That's mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. That is awesome, though, because I don't really meet many people who you know, their introduction, especially is, is rebels. And like rebel seems to be an afterthought for a lot of people that I talk to, like the, obviously the, the main trilogy is, you know, what people like to cling to, or maybe the prequels or whatever, but to, you know, to hear someone who obsesses over rebels is really interesting. And I, you know, it's, it's nice to hear that other pieces of the universe are, are deeply loved by others. And, you know, we get to talk about that, which I don't normally get to talk to talk about, so Ezra is basically like your Luke Skywalker, like for many. Yeah, kind yeah. of. I was I was never a huge fan of Ezra as much as I love Rebels. Like Ezra was not the character that I really related to. Like mm -hmm. I loved. I was watching that show for Kanan and Hera and the like. Will they? Won't they? Um, right. Chemistry. So I was I was all about them. I love Chopper, but I wasn't as <laughs> much in it for like Sabine and Ezra's part of the story, even though they were really the main part of the story. I guess. Yeah, exactly. I like it though. Hera was definitely my favorite, and um, I loved all the Ahsoka stuff just because I obviously watched Clone Wars beforehand, and to see her as like this older, more experienced person who's going throughout the universe, and then once you know Vader comes on and you get to see them actually interact, it's, that's definitely the coolest part for me. Yeah, and, 100%. And we're getting, uh, fingers crossed, a Hera live action 
it, it seems like maybe that's the, the rumor yeah exactly and I, I'm kind of excited about that but I'm also kind of not because I really I have this weird thing and I know that I, I feel like I'm the only person that has this where I really love Twi'leks in animated form I am mm -hmm. not a huge fan of live action Twi'leks I just don't think they've it just doesn't work as well for me as it does in animation so really? like the way like yeah like the way that they're like leku move and stuff i just i just hate it it doesn't it just doesn't feel right and so i'm probably not looking forward to <laughs> seeing a live action hair as much as i could be yeah. um but it's it's also one of those those things where like the voice is very important in that situation. Yeah. Like I know a lot of people were sort of not crazy about the interpretation of Ahsoka that we got in live action. And that's kind of the anticipation that I'm going in with Hera if that ends up being the case is that like the voice isn't going to be is probably not going to be Vanessa Marshall if it's playing by a live actress a live action actress that's not Vanessa Marshall, but I'm kind of hoping that it will be. But yeah. it's going to be taking place that they kept saying that it's going to take place in the future, which made me think it was like a very distant future where none of the characters that we know would be able to show up. But, you know, we don't know enough well, yet, so who knows? Yeah, it's probably going to be adjacent to the Mandalorian timeline, I would assume. Uh, but That's also fine. the thing I'm excited about is uh, what's up with Jason Sindula? Like, are we getting, is he getting, is he going to, off to the Academy? Was he around when the whole thing went down with the Ben? And yeah, I know. That's I'm curious about the same thing too. I, I I need to know what happened to him, and I need to know that he is safe and okay somewhere. <laughs> I'm mainly same. concerned about Grogu's. Yeah, <laughs> but exactly. Disney would not kill him off. <laughs> yeah, let's hope not. <laughs> He'll survive two two Jedi massacres. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so, so how? As like a, a personal fan of Schmodown and like, you know, just Star Wars trivia in general, I've always, you know, watched these things and I'm like, I'm answering all the questions left and right. And just as like a casual fan, I just wonder like, how does one get to be on something like that? Like, can you explain like the process of like what it was like for your introduction? Um, I mean, for trivia in general, it kind of started for me at Star Wars Celebration in 2017. That was like the first fan convention I'd ever been to in my life. And so and it was before they did um, like the lottery systems at Star Wars Celebration mm -hmm. for the big panels. And so I was like camping out for the two nights that I was there or three nights. I don't remember. Um, but I, I was like, you know, hanging out with this group of people for like nine hours and eventually, you know, you, you kind of have to find something new to pass the time. And so a lot of people were like whipping out Trivial Pursuit and we were just kind of <laughs> killing time doing that. And like at one point, one of the guys made a comment and he's just like, you said you're like a new fan of Star Wars. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, you're like weirdly good at this. <laughs> um, so that was kind of where it started. I started doing like pub trivias around Chicago. I met Alice. Um, and then we incorporated it into our show. And right before we were about to launch our show, um, Christian Harloff tweeted about how there was gonna be a trivia competition happening at Star Wars Celebration 2019. And I basically replied and was just like, hey, can I get in or can me and my co-host get in on this? We have a podcast, we do trivia. We like go all around the city and do trivia. Like, I think we could like be really, I think we'd have a lot of fun doing this. And he messaged me back and he was like, hey, I only have one spot. So if you want to talk amongst yourselves and let me know which one of you wants to do it, you guys can totally have a spot. And that was the like fatal five way at Celebration 2019. Um, and Alice lives, was, yeah, kind of surprised that I even like 
let her have the option of maybe doing it. She always says that. And I always think it's so funny. Um, but I was really excited to do it. So I kind of thought it was just going to be like a one-time thing. I really, like I came in third and I, I played well. I was happy with how it went. Um, but I did not anticipate that it was going to be this like continuous thing yeah. for me. I kind of thought it would be like a one and done. Um, and then I got invited to go out to LA and, and shoot another match um, against Demolanta in, in October that year. And it was, yeah. yeah, it was, it was, it was fun. And so it's just kind of built from that. It was just kind of a weird chance meeting, you know? Yeah. You see us as the fans, we always watch those shows and we're like answering left and right. And we're like, how did they not know that? But once you're in there in the front of the cameras and the, the lights and the studio, like maybe you can talk to that. Maybe you saw, you probably saw the show before you participated in it. Uh, what's the difference in the, the pressure of, and I don't think you can read them, can you, when you're there? No, no, you have to rely on the audio only, unfortunately. Um, but the the studio, being in the studio was by far, I think, like one of the scariest experiences of my life. It was absolutely terrifying being under the lights and just like I was a total fish out of water um, in that world. And that was when we were like, they were shooting at the Collider studio. So yeah. there was like, I mean, it was, it was just crazy intimidating. Um, and it's a lot, it would be a lot better now, I think, if I went, because I have so many more friends in that community that like, right. just tend to show up to random tapings. Like I would just know a lot more people and be a lot more comfortable. But even like sitting at home when we had to switch to, you know, when the Shmodan had to c convert to being all digital matches at the beginning of last year, like, it's amazing how scary it is just sitting here in my own bedroom <laughs> trying to play these games i mean like my first couple of games i was like holding my mark and i was like shaking because i was so nervous and i'm just like this is ridiculous like why am i why do i feel this nervous this is like the most comfortable that i should be um but yeah it's it's been quite an experience getting i've played live i've played in studio i've played from home i've kind of gotten the full experience at this point yeah and like your competition is just so insane you know you have to be so meticulous at this that it's like it's literally an art to like really retain this sort of knowledge like the some of the questions they ask are just insane like what what is your your studying process like um, it's a lot of repetition um it's a lot of you know watching movies with captions on and it's uh, spending a lot of time flipping through Wikipedia, Wikipedia, and anytime you see some like a link for something, you just go down rabbit holes. <laughs> it's a lot of that, you know. And it, everybody sort of has their own process. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's just it's so much repetition um, for me, and it's 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 worked really well. The studying process and the like, you know, kind of the secret weapons that I have have served me really well since the beginning. So I kind of just keep building my study guides and they just kind of keep getting bigger and bigger which makes it harder to memorize all of it but you know if I can do that repetition then I can I can still find ways to be successful in it so I've been really happy with how it's gone good in, in that repetition well I see I love ice cream but I wouldn't eat it seven times a day in that repetition do you sometimes get sick of Star Wars and I'm like <laughs> oh my god and then again a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Like, I, I mean, I'll have to like, after I finish a match, I'm always like, I need to find some movie to watch that is just like the antithesis of Star Wars. And so like, there was, I think the last match that I lost, which was against Ace last year, 
Um, I think we like, or my sister, I live with my sister and we ordered pizza and turned on bridesmaids and we just watched <laughs> bridesmaids that night. And I was just like, it, I just needed something to totally distract me. But I, yeah, I definitely soak up the off season. Like I really should be like staying on top of my stuff better than I am. But it's, a lot of times it, my study process always has like, it's two pronged, right? Like it's, it's the weeks leading up to the match where I'm spending X amount of days on every movie. And then it comes down to it and like the cram session is also extremely important to my process. So I'll like spend like three days doing like three movies a day, um, trying to make sure that I'm like, I'm really getting down the stuff that I'm, I'm, you know, may not be as solid on. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's two pronged and it's a lot, it's a ton of work. It's so much work, um, but it is really, really fun and really rewarding and so thrilling. So I, you know, I wouldn't have it any other way. Do you ever like go into a match and there's definitely like things that, you know, but just because you're just thrust into this position where you literally have like X amount of time to answer a question and you feel all these nerves and, you know, you, you're feeling this competition and, you know, it's neck and neck. Do you ever just get like stumped on things that you know, and you're just kicking yourself afterward, like, you know, so frustrated that you just, you know, couldn't pull it out of, you know, thin air. You know, I'm lucky in that I really haven't had that happen too much. I mean, like there was last year, I only missed one question out of the two matches I played and it was Anakin's age, which I knew. I remember what, yep. I was shocked that you didn't get it. I know. And I should have (laughs) known it, but it was one of like, I, I, I did know it, but I, I wasn't certain yeah. like I had written down nine and then I re- erased it and wrote 10. Cause I'm just an idiot. And I've now, and now I know, like I need to go with my first instinct on things. And that, that lesson has paid off in a couple of ways since then. Um, but yeah, it, I haven't encountered it much where it's just something I know that I know, and I just couldn't pull it. Anything that I've missed has because I legitimately did not know it. The exception might be like when I played Alex Damon at Spectacular in the speed round, which I'm like, yes. I, my brain just didn't work fast enough. And if I answered a question wrong, it was because, you know, I just didn't get enough time to think about it. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't even imagine like just this level of competition where you just know that there's no margin for error. You know, you miss one question and that could cost you the game. So, that just has to be like constantly in the back of your mind where you you just feel this constant pressure to be literally perfect. So it's just really impressive how you're able to just constantly consistently play at this level. Like uh, your last match, you know, you didn't miss a single question, right? I did not No. Yeah. It's just, (laughs) it's so impressive to me. So just, you know, know that there's people who watch this stuff. I actually watched Modown with my mom. My mom is obsessed. (laughs) Oh, cool. doesn't watch star wars at all but she just loves watching these these competitions with me and it's just become this thing that we bond over so um you know you have so many fans out there who are just these random people who you know appreciate how much you spend studying and like really perfecting this craft thank you i really appreciate that i love that that you like you and your mom bond over the schmodown that's so freaking cool (laughs) never did i think this would happen but is she like is she like a cinephile like is she really into movies in general like oh my god she's really into like you know the whole drama side that you guys you know have these little like sparring matches with each other and the dialogue and she just loves like she could tell how difficult the questions are so she just sees like this level of excellence that you guys are performing at so she's really into it 
and she knows I'm into it. She likes watching me answer the questions. She's like, why aren't you on Schmodown? You need to get on there, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, oh, you know, I don't know anybody on Schmodown. I don't know how to get on. Well, this year they started the audition stuff. So that's the yeah. that's the process, I think, going forward at least. Because um, yeah, I don't really know how it happened, but how people got into it before. I only kind of yeah. know how I did, but yeah. yeah, the the audition stuff that they're doing now where you can you can really put yourself out there and, and at least if you if you don't somehow end up in the draft like maybe you can end up in like now these have like the sort of minor league that's yeah. like the first class league or something yeah um and i'm really looking forward to watching those because i have a feeling it might end up being the same situation that we had with like adam collins last year yeah. where there's going to be some really talented people mm -hmm. that come out of that that I don't know if they are allowed to end up in free agency at some point, but right. I'm looking forward to seeing how that plays out. I think it's going to be really fun. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. I, I definitely have to try out for that at some point. Yeah, yeah. Keep an eye on it for like next year, like I around, because yeah. what was it? It was probably like November, or December that they were taking in the audition tapes and stuff. So yeah, yeah keep an eye out. All right, I will. Or, or so, the fans you can do is just tweet Harloff all in mass. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll just blow up his Twitter. Yeah. There you go. Um, so a little bit more into like the Star Wars fandom stuff, what out of like the episodic films and maybe like Rogue One and Solo, what is your favorite film and why? My favorite Star Wars film is Rogue One. And there's a couple of reasons, I think. Number one, I, I like the sort of darker, grittier Star Wars. I tend to, um, I tend to enjoy those a little bit more, like the more sort of adult feeling things, which is weird because I also love Rebels. Um, which is in, in in its defense a fairly dark show, especially towards the end, um, for a show that's supposed to be for kids. But I, I love Rogue One, and one of the, I think the other reason is because that was the first movie that I went to like an opening night premiere with like ten of my friends, and we like we got to experience that opening night energy, and yeah. that experience just kind of stuck with me. So I think that's a big reason too. Um, I totally feel that. Um, yeah. I did, while I was at Emerson, that film came out, and I did a Star Wars trivia contest that was being hosted at my school. There was a girl who went to my college who was interning at Lucasfilm, Ooh. and she got early tickets to the IMAX premiere a day in advance, so the winners got that. So I was able to go see it in IMAX uh, the day before. And for me, just that that end scene with Vader in the hallway, like I I literally jumped out of my seat and I've never had that reaction in any other film in my life. So it was just such an incredible experience and I'll never forget it. So I totally understand. I love that scene too. And it was really unfortunate because I, I kind of learned a lot of valuable lessons with the like the marketing of that film and that I didn't like any spoiler that ever came out, I was on it. Mm -hmm. I needed to know everything <laughs> as much as I could. And I, I think it's sort of, ruined the experience in a, yeah. a couple of like little ways yeah. like i knew that leia was going to show up at the end that leaked like two or three days before the movie came out and so i was a little bit annoyed that i like knew that because that would have been really cool to yeah to really go into that without that knowledge but the vader scene i had no idea wow. that that was coming and that I, I totally agree. I was in the same boat where I was like jaw on the floor. Like I yep. could not believe what I was watching. It was so freaking cool. Yep. <laughs> I, I remember episode seven and I think nine as well got leaked like pretty much like a whole plot outline was leaked pretty uh, um, early on. 
and everyone was like no it's not gonna be like that and then it happened and yeah it was everything the thing about rogue one though is you can watch all the trailers you want but like half of it isn't in the movie I know, right? Like, there's <laughs> one trailer in particular, I think, where there, there isn't a single scene in the trailer that ended up in the final cut of the film, which is yeah, hilarious. In one of them, yeah. Um, other than Rogue One, so, like, you don't have to give an exact rank order, but, like, what are more of, like, your favorite Star Wars films and what what are more of your, like, your, your eh, I don't know, they're more towards the bottom of the list. You know, the post-Disney buyout films tend to be more my favorite, I think. Like, The Last Jedi is my favorite of all the saga films. Um, and it was a movie that, you know, I saw opening night. I had this sort of same experience where I I got to go see it opening night with a bunch of friends. You got that sort of energy, and it was really fun. But I remember leaving the theater and just being like, I cannot decide how I feel about this movie like I am confused mm -hmm. um and so I went and saw it I, I think I had tickets to see it like maybe two more times that weekend but I went and saw it the ne like the next day or that weekend after and I remember thinking like I'm pretty sure I just watched a totally different movie like I enjoyed it so much more the second time I was able to like really kind of like sit and enjoy like sit with all of the lessons that you kind of get in that movie yeah um that's my favorite version of luke skywalker's in the last jedi um i love the yoda scene with him oh, the first time i watched the yeah. yoda scene i was just like oh my god we're shoving yoda into this movie <laughs> but then the second time i watched it like now like that yoda quote like that um Failure. we are with we are what they grow beyond is oh, like yeah. my favorite quote in all of star wars um so yeah i i love that movie but the, yeah the post disney buyout stuff i love the force awakens i love solo um solo is one of those movies that i kind of think of as like my star wars comfort movie yeah like if i just need to turn something on and i just want it like if i even just need to like sit and fall asleep to something like yeah. that's usually the one that i turn to just because it just has all of those warm Star Wars feels. Um, it's like lower engagement. You can watch it without worrying about the whole nine epic opera. Exactly. Uh, exactly. I also completely agree with the with the Last Jedi sentiment. That movie uh, really hit it for hit it home for me. That um, they really had the the guts to do something interesting with it. I know. Yeah, it was. It's like it's it's so different. It's such a different Star Wars movie, and I, I really appreciated the the risks. Mm -hmm. that that movie took i thought it was great um and I, I know that it's sort of it's a controversial it's it's a divisive film i totally understand that um and i i kind of get why why people are kind of anti-sequel trilogy in the first place because when it comes to like the legend stuff if if that was your canon even though it, like wasn't really official right. part, but if that's what like you grew up with during the dark times in the 90s when there was no star wars and <laughs> then all of a somebody like all of a sudden somebody tells you like oh no this is stricken from the record yeah like if somebody did that with star wars rebels they were just like hey that's not part of the canon anymore um i know it's your favorite but like fuck you i would be really <laughs> upset about that so I, I i totally understand why where people are coming from with that um, but it is unfortunate that I think that so many people like are still leaning on that far enough that they can't enjoy the sequel trilogy because they're like the force awakens is a fucking good movie. You know, that's, that's probably up there in my top five as well. Um, and I love return of the Jedi. That's, or that's my favorite original trilogy movie. Um, and I think yeah, the there's a lot to love in the sequels. The, the, the thing for me that kind of keeps me like from loving them is that I don't think they stuck the landing. Oh God, no. no that's absolutely that's not. where it's it... not even just 
uh, Rise of Skywalker. Like, obviously, I think that's the weakest of the trilogy. But I just, you know, not even just, like, going off of, like, The Last Jedi being, like, vastly different. I think just having two different directors with two completely different visions, not having a set story from the beginning of the trilogy really made it feel subpar. Like, it started so strong, I felt especially, you know, when I first saw uh, Force Awakens, I, I saw it like five times in theaters, like more than any other film ever. Um, but just, it, it felt like they were constantly going back and forth with what they wanted to do. So there was no real vision. And it just felt like, I don't know, like I felt like Disney didn't care enough to, to lay this groundwork to make sure that there was, you know, set up. And it, you know, like you could criticize the prequels or whatever but at least george had this specific vision that he carried out throughout the entire thing you know so it just like that just gnaws at the back of my mind when i watch the sequels i just know that like these things weren't in place you know palpatine was never supposed to come back apparently and all these different changes happened and everything is just contradicting itself but there are little gems within that you know I'm not a huge fan of The Last Jedi, but there's little snippets, like you were saying, the Yoda scene. I really enjoy that. And there's little moments within these films that I do The really Luke and Leia enjoy. scene. The Luke and Leia scene is of perfection. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It yep. really is. John and I, have that, I actually have that same thing with The Rise of Skywalker. Like, it's not... I've watched it now many times, and mm -hmm. it's it's kind of crazy how you can, like, kind of Stockholm, your, <laughs> Stockholm Syndrome yourself into liking something. Like, I've watched yeah. it enough that I'm like, I don't... I don't dislike it as much as I did. Yeah. I still really enjoy making fun of it, um, mm -hmm. especially like on Twitter. And I love when I see other people because it's it's just an easy target, you know? Absolutely. Um, but it's it has these little moments in it that I really, really love. Like I love all of the Kylo Ren, Ben Solo stuff in yeah. The Rise of Skywalker. I think mm -hmm. it's fantastic. I think they did a really good job of bringing Carrie Fisher into it in mm -hmm. like a really respectful way. I loved the Han Solo appearance in yeah. that. It, one of the funniest things that happened when I went and saw that movie in theaters like the second or third time, I was with like a bunch of my cousins and one of them got up to go to the bathroom literally right before Han Solo came oh. on screen. And I literally almost, I was like, no! <laughs> like this slow motion thing. I was like, you're gonna miss the best part of this movie. Um, but yeah, and the Palpatine stuff, like I remember being really excited and when I saw the trailer, yeah. I was at Celebration, I was in the arena. It was yep. like, you got that energy and yeah. I thought it was so fun. But at the end of the day, the Ray, the Ray Palpatine thing is, just absolutely abhorrent to me that they what would you session. did you want her to just be nobody yeah yeah, yeah. much better 100 yeah. I, I think that would definitely be better than just being a palpatine like i feel like they just threw that in because they needed a bad guy because snoke was killed off you know it felt like jj wanted to undo everything ryan johnson did and like you know even if people didn't really well receive the last jedi like it was you know divided some people loved it some people hated it like you have to continue what has been laid for you, you know, to contradict everything. Just it took up half the film trying to undo that. It felt like, yeah. And the Palpatine stuff just felt like thrown in and it just ruined it for me. But there was still small hidden gems. Like you were saying, the Leia stuff and, and the Ben Solo and the, the Han moment. Like I really enjoyed that stuff. And you know, the heart of it is still there. It just, it just, there's so much that takes away from it. And it just makes me like regret 
like so many decisions they made and not exactly. to not to grind in that film too long although it, yeah. we should um the, if you read like the novelization and all the the supplementary material you realize that that movie is like half a movie half the movie it should have been because uh, you notice there's a bunch of scenes like yeah. the whole thing with the oracle and mustafar and like the whole idea this two sit way fine like a bunch of the ideas were so developed a lot of leia scenes also got fell to the wayside because of of carrie fisher's death yeah um, the novelization of the rise of skywalker is absolutely beautiful yeah. it's mm-hmm. so so good it and the leia the leia and luke stuff in it i think is one of my favorite components of it and then the fact that they're like and there's even concept art of the scene but they cut out like a Chewbacca Kylo Ren mm-hmm. moment mm, when Chewbacca's yeah. on the on the steadfast and I will that's one of those things that I just can never forgive because I feel like they shot it maybe I don't yeah. know that for sure but oh, I kind of get the feeling that they did and then they cut it out but they did leave it in the novelization and it's very good Jonah how do you know how you pronounce Chewie's actress uh, Jonah uh, Suatamal yeah Eunice yeah, <laughs> that guy um he said it like the other day he tweeted about it about that that scene they actually did shoot really and, yeah it got cut oh uh, gotcha. and uh the whole i like the idea that he looked into his head and he saw a little ben playing with uncle chewy that would have yeah. been such a good little bridge moment towards the redemption of well you know well and there's like another scene later in the novelization with lando that's sort of similar to that vibe that mm-hmm. i also really mm-hmm. loved and yeah. like you couldn't have left like one of them in like right yeah. you had to cut both of those moments like god damn yeah I, I i'm in the same boat i'm like i don't need to harp on the movie too long but i will say <laughs> it's it's just an easy target and it's fun to make fun of it yeah now with your love of like rebels and maybe the clone wars too like how do you feel about the prequels um, you know, I've, I've kind of come to enjoy the prequels and what they have to offer. Um, and a lot of it is because my co-host on my show, Alice, she's a prequel enthusiast. That is her favorite Star Wars of all the Star Wars films. Her favorite film is Attack of the Clones. Like wow. she's, yeah, she's an oddball. Um, love her to death, but it's a, it's a weird, that's a weird thing. But having been friends with her for as long as I have now and kind of like, I've, I've sort of spent a lot of time hearing her like defend the prequels um, and pointing out all of the things that they did really well. Yeah. And when you think about how like the technology that was like pioneered in those movies, mm-hmm. like pushed the film industry so far in terms of what they could do with visual effects, like th- those, those movies deserve a lot more, I think, you know, positivity than they get. Um, Cause they really were like revolutionary and there, there are story components that I really like in the prequels. It's the main thing that I really don't like, and it might be like the the biggest thing for most people, I think, is the dialogue. 100% like, agree. Like George Lucas couldn't write dialogue. And if he had gotten somebody to help him with that, the whole move, the whole trilogy would have been, I think, so much better received. Mm-hmm. But it's like you if you can look past that and look at and you know try and appreciate the story and the sound design and the visual effects like there is a lot of good stuff there so i i've really come to appreciate them um for all the good that is there but yeah in ter- when you're talking about easy targets and fun to make fun of i the prequels <laughs> especially attack of the clones they're easy marks too <laughs> yeah i completely agree and that's definitely my major complaint with them and i i think you know it, it's crazy to me that george wrote the original Star Wars, you know, A New Hope. 
and the the dialogue seems like really you know good and snappy and and witty but the prequels it's just like with the whole relationship aspect and everything with padme and anakin it just felt like he can't relay emotion he doesn't know how to express emotion in his dialogue and he's just so like literal with it i feel like it just yeah it just comes marsha lucas probably helped a lot with the dialogue in the original yeah, 100%. So yeah. That. Nope, we don't need that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I know like Carrie Fisher rewrote a lot of her own lines. And I know yeah. that, you know, Marsha Lucas was an incredibly talented, is an incredibly talented editor. And yep. I'm sure she took out a bunch of the mumbo jumbo. So yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So there's, I think there was a lot of play there, but it was unfortunate, yeah, that he didn't have her to help on the prequels. Cause yeah, I think they, they probably suffered as a result of that. Yeah. But I still love them for what they are. We're, we just finished our uh, Revenge of the Sith episode because we're going through all the films and like discussing them nice. um, from the order they were released. And just talking about, like, I mean, Revenge of the Sith is one of my favorite films in all of Star Wars. Um, definitely my favorite of the, the prequel trilogy. And just, like, how many, like, important implications for, like, all of, Star- like, what happens in that film is so important to what happens in all of Star Wars is just really cool to like see that happen on screen and you know even with all like the the weird like dialogue and stuff there's it's so like memorable and um all the memes come from you know spawns (laughs) from the prequel trilogy so it just makes it so much more enjoyable in that sense to like laugh at it and like enjoy it in that way um but i um my my favorite film is uh obviously uh empire strikes back but uh I, I I grew up originally with the original trilogy and then went into the prequels as I, you know, was seeing them in theaters. Um, but Carlos was the opposite. He saw the prequels first. So we it's it's interesting to see like how we counter with, you know, what our thought process is. And same thing with like you with, you know, you came in with Rebels and the the sequel trilogy to see how we like think, you know, in terms of why we enjoy these films. And for me, a lot of like the things I dislike about the sequel trilogy is like how defensive I am of the story because it's what was already laid before me and what I grew up with. I think that's the biggest part is like the the story that I grew up with, I'm so defensive over. Mm-hmm. You didn't have that. So it's really interesting to see this like counter, you know, thing happen. Yeah, I mean, like, and I also don't have the sort of baggage of like having never seen the not special editions like I've yeah. only ever seen the special editions mm-hmm. so yeah, me too. when people are like arguing about like if Han shot first and whether or not it was really an improvement to add the little bits and pieces that were added to the special editions I'm just like I, I have nothing to contribute to that I don't care I, I just <laughs> you know like I, I have my versions of the movie and that's what I watch the canon versions yeah. yeah yeah exactly as for me it's Return of the Jedi there you can't beat that ending it's like it's like the ultimate emotional catharsis. Like well, Carlos, thing. you hate the the Vader no scream now. That's like the one. Edit That's one have. thing that I th- I thought was tacked on, but that was like to 2011 when they added that. So that was after like, that was before you started watching Star Wars. So you probably were like, oh yeah, he says no, but I'm like, no, he doesn't. He shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Just the emotion of seeing Vader like looking back and forth between the Emperor and and Luke as he's being you know torched alive. Mm. Just to see like that thought process without having to have him like vocally react, scream no, like 
it, it just felt better that way. But that's so. Wait a minute. In the original scene, they he doesn't say anything. He doesn't He's say anything back and forth. Nothing. And it's amazing because it's like a silent just redemption. The music and the emotion from his. It's just this. Visuals, just how how he's and, moving. And you can basically read his mind because yeah. you're like looking back and forth, and then he picks him up, and and that's so great. And now he's you know because it wasn't clear enough, I guess he has to say no. <laughs> and I'm pretty that's sure so the no great. they used. I yeah, know. I'm pretty sure the no they used was the same audio from the end of Revenge of the Sith. The yeah. Weird. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to like imagine what that would be like and it's it's playing so awkwardly in my head like it just seems too quiet I think so that's really funny YouTube. I gotcha. think it's on yeah, you can definitely yeah, yeah. I like might have to DVD. look that up that's funny yeah <laughs> um so do you read any of the novels obviously you read uh Rise of Skywalker but like do you read any of like the expanded universe or any of the the newer content um outside of the episodic films and do you play any of the video games I'm not a gamer, so I have not. I've I've tried to play Battlefront. I'm I'm legitimately terrible at it, and I have no <laughs> desire to ever try and get better. Um, I do read the canon novels. I have not read all of them, but I've read most of them. Um, I'm really enjoying the High Republic. I think it's really. I think it's an amazing new start to the the mm. story. All of these new books that are coming out, and I I re just recently finished Into the Dark, so I'm really excited just to see what's next. Um, but yeah, I, I love the canon novels. Um, Lost Stars is mm -hmm. probably one of my favorites. It's top three. Dark Disciple might be my number one oh, so good. favorite. It's so, so good. Um, and then I really enjoyed uh, A New Dawn just because mm -hmm. it was that, that Rebels connection. But I remember reading the first novel I ever read was the Ahsoka novel. And I remember thinking it felt like fan fiction because it was like, yeah. I, was, I just had never experienced Star Wars in written form. Right. I was so used to it being so visual. So it just felt weird. But I've gone back and reread that book like after I've, I've read all other books and I, I enjoyed it a lot more upon a reread I think it's always maybe that first book is always just a little bit awkward um mm -hmm. but it, or at least that that was my experience I mean it's definitely jarring to go from like a visual Star Wars to like reading descriptions of you know the world and the characters and everything so I totally get that the, the great thing I'm glad you brought out uh Dark Disciple because that was based on the scripts for the unproduced Clone Wars episodes I can't I wouldn't care to admit how much the the ending of that um, book moved me, <laughs> probably more than anything in Star Wars, because it's such a brutal, you know, emotional. It was. Ending. I was in like a public place when I was reading oh, no. that. Like I was I was at Second City because I was supposed to see a show that my friend was in, and I was at the Starbucks that's like connected to Second City, like a huge Starbucks that's down there. And I was like, I was sitting in public next to like a bunch of dudes who were like playing chess and speaking. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they were Polish. They were speaking some other language. And I was just like trying to like keep it together and not cry reading the end of that book. So it was, it was, it is <laughs> devastating. It's mm -hmm. such a, like an emotional blow, but it's so good. So good. For me, the, like the, the, the Mount Rushmore, uh, well, like Charles Soule and Claudia Gray, yeah. They're like the deities in the in the, in the Star Wars canon. 100%. As as I'm concerned. Yeah. The, those, the, the, the output and even the, I love the idea. I want to see, I don't know if Claudia Gray writes comics, but I would love to see her writing uh, some comics because I know Charles Soule does. Uh, that would be really cool. Yeah. Yeah. She's amazingly talented. So I'm excited that she's part of the High Republic stuff too. Um, 
But yeah, in in terms of novelizations, that was sort of a new thing I just recently got into where I read the novelizations of the sequel trilogy and mm -hmm. I got a lot out of it. I was sort of surprised how much I enjoyed them, um, especially Rise of Skywalker. That one, mm -hmm. that the fact that that book blew me away in the way that it did is like so shocking to me, but it's just, Ray Carson's a crazy good writer. She wrote a, a story in um, From a Certain Point of View mm -hmm. for A New Hope, and it was called The Red One. It was all about R5D4. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it is yep. like the most emotional gut punch yeah. about a totally nothing character yep. from that movie. It's insane how good of a writer she is and how she can really pull that emotion out. I just, I hope she does more writing in Star Wars. Totally agree. Um, So, I see you're wearing a little uh, rebel hoodie thing. Fleece. Yeah, yeah. This is, I got this, like, I think this is actually a dude's um, <laughs> jacket, but it has really long arms and I'm very tall. So I need long sleeves. Yeah. Is, yeah. What, um, what kind of Star Wars memorabilia or merchandise do you have? Do you have any kind of like crazy collections? No, I'm not a collector, unfortunately. No. So I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I try to keep things as, clutter-free and minimal as I, as I can. <laughs> I have a lot of books. It is a lot of visual guides and stuff like that around this around this apartment. Um, but, and I have a lot of artwork that I've bought at various conventions. Um, most of it's not even hung or framed, but a lot of it is. So I have a couple of Funkos. It's a lot of t-shirts wow. um, and yeah. a lot of tank tops because I'm a very sweaty person usually. So I like, I like <laughs> to go with the tank tops. But yeah, I've got little kind of trinkets here and there but it's it's not there's nothing in excess by any means except maybe books yeah for me it's just coffee mugs and t-shirts nice yeah. yeah keeping it simple you know yep i painted this and i'm very proud of it oh it's awesome <laughs> i love it <laughs> so I have like a google picture <laughs> that's so cool yeah. Carlos, it's kind of surprising you have that because like you really don't seem to care much for Boba Fett, but I'm like the one who's obsessed with him. It's very easy because the lines, you know, it was like, you know, it was a very easy entry yeah. course picture. Yeah, but <laughs> I don't, awesome. I mean, Boba is cool now that he's in the Mandalorian and he wants his armor back. He redeemed himself as yeah. far as like what he actually does on screen. I he really so. did. Like because Laura, really I am, I'm literally obsessed with Boba Fett. I got this back in 2013 in Japan. Oh my God, that's awesome. Wow. Is that yeah, your I, only tattoo? Do you have other Star Wars tattoos? No, that's my only Star Wars tattoo. Okay. Hopefully awesome. I'll, I'll make more, but uh, that was- I've thought about like, wanted. have you ever been to Celebration? Have you ever thought about getting I have there? not, and me and Carlos are dying to love. go. So we're definitely gonna go in the future. Once nice. you know, the virus dies down or whatever. Exactly, yeah. The fact, like, the fact that they have- an entire like section of the exhibit floor devoted just to tattoo artists for so people can get tattoos yes. it's, it's so freaking funny to me and i don't know if i would ever do it if i did it would be something really small but i love that it's there yeah so wait so you've been to celebration for the last couple of years every year twice uh, um twice. i've been to i yeah they only do it every other year so i went to 2017 2019 hmm. um i went to comic-con in 2018 that was really fun and uh, I've been there's a convention here in Chicago called C2E2, um, mm -hmm. and I've I've been to that a couple of times, and that's always really fun. There's not usually a ton of Star Wars stuff there. There's usually just something books related, but yeah, inevitably I walk away with a bunch of art that I'm never gonna hang, and it just lives <laughs> in a drawer. <laughs> so you were there when uh, they brought out Ian McDermott for the yeah. roll it again, or whatever. Oh God, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was, that was like. 
What a thrill. Yeah, brought the roof down, I assume. It's like, regardless of if you think that he, you know, should have come back and rise of Skywalker, like he's such a good actor and he's so perfect for that role. You know, he's so iconic. And the thing, the lines that he says and how he reads them is so like, you, you want to like quote him so, so often. Carlos yes. was actually him for Halloween while we were in LA and it was hilarious. Nice. <laughs> you did a pretty good everything. voice there just now. Like that was, that was pretty epic. So yeah, I support good. it. That's awesome. awesome okay so i think uh we can go into the uh, the trivia portion of the of this little interview and see maybe hopefully i can stump you a little bit is it cool if i is it like do you study for movies only or is there can i put in some clone wars and rebels I mean, you're welcome to. I probably won't get them right because I rarely revisit the animated stuff. I only ever study movies. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I'll stick to the movies. Yeah. Okay. 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 I mean, feel free to branch out if you want. It's totally up to you. If you've got like a really killer question that you're really proud of, like fire away. (laughs) Fair enough. Okay. Um, First one. What is the collective noun for a porg? Oh, you mean like multiple? Like a group, like yeah, a, yeah. Like a group of porgs. Uh, a murder. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, like pros. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, great, great. This is one for one of the spinoffs. What is the name of Han Solo's street racer pal who crashed and died attempting a maneuver that Han was later able to pull off during the Kessel Run? Needles from Needles. Back to the Future. Yeah, <laughs> Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers. You know that whole thing. Was it really? Yeah, he, he played the uh, flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers played Needles in Back to the Future 3, I think. Well, oh. in all of them. I had huh. no idea. Good to know. Yeah. Uh, what was Biggs Darklighter's call sign during the Battle of Yavin? He would be Red 3. Oh, there you go. I said it too. <laughs> nice. All right. Okay, so f- finish this phrase. The Republic is not what it once was. The Senate is full of blank delegates. Hmm. You don't have multiple choice in front of you by chance, do you? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> <laughs> um. I can give you a clue. It's two words. Okay. Can you read it for me one more time? The Republic is not, I'll do the impression maybe. No, the Republic is not what it once was. The Senate is full of blank delegates. I feel like one of the words is squabbling, but I can't pull the other one. One of them is squabbling. (laughs) Okay. It's full of greedy squabbling delegates. Greedy, got it. All right. Nice. Is that Palpatine in Pennsylvania? Yeah. Yeah. Menace, yeah. Okay, I thought so. That's a good one. Well done. Yeah. I didn't know the quote. All right. Uh, in Revenge of the Sith, where was it said Master Boss moves, move? Sorry. Let me try again. In Revenge of the Sith, where was it said Master Boss is moving his troops into? Boss Pity. Yep. There you go. Uh, when the Jedi go to arrest Palpatine, who was the first Jedi to be killed in the ensuing battle? I think it was Agent Kolar, right? Oh my god, how do you know that? <laughs> <laughs> That's 
that's awesome. Yeah, you know the whole Agent Color thing is he was supposed to be Ith Koth, and but they couldn't find the actor, so they just did, <laughs> like made him up with the. Well, they, they could find the actor who was in Australia, or they were in a different part of it. <laughs> he wasn't like lost or something. But <laughs> so they missing. so they made him up to be Ith Koth, but the new actor looked too different, so they were like, just make another Jedi. <laughs> that's awesome i had no idea that's really funny yeah that's why they look so similar okay uh i'll do i'll do one of the of the animation stuff to see if, if you can get it All what right. is the name of chancellor valorum's personal aid that accompanied master jedi sifo ds on a mission to obadiah, obadiah. Ooh. yeah I, I would never be able to pull that one i think i only saw that episode once oh okay fair enough what about rebels have you seen rebels more than once some episodes not okay. all of them you probably know this then well maybe what is the name of honda onaka's ugnot friend with whom he shares many visit misadventures with in star wars rebels <laughs> <laughs> oh let me think I, I should be able to hear it in my head you can hear the pig squealing <laughs> <laughs> honda just has like such a great like cadence the way he speaks that ugnot like, died I right I can uh, confirm or deny. That's a yes. <laughs> mm, yeah, you've stumped okay. me. I haven't Fair watched enough. enough to know. Fair enough. Melsh. Melsh, okay. Weird. It's pretty close <laughs> to Melshi from uh, Rogue One. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so one last one from the movies. Okay. What is the name of the language we see Ray speaking in? Sorry. This is badly written. What is the name of the language we see Ray first speak in The Force Awakens? Mm. I didn't know it had a name. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so I, I'm guessing it's not Hatties, but that's the only thing I would know to guess. Tito speak. Oh, that's because funny. Tito so before, before we started uh, this interview, I, Carlos asked me this question and I was like, what? Like, I know the character's Tito and he's like, actually his species is Tito and there's like a bunch of him and that's just like, you know, their language, Tito speak. That's funny. I knew that the species was also called Tito, but that's, I did not know the language. That's good. That's a good one. Yeah, there you go. Nice. I got you a couple times. Well, he's <laughs> yeah. prepared for Schmodown now. But you, I, I, ca it. I can't believe you get Agent Kohler though. That must have been... <laughs> Some... I can. Have you seen the question she answers? Like, it's insane. A little video. It's crazy. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. That was fun. I liked it. Yeah. Trivia is always fun. Always. Always. So we're basically ready to wrap it up. If you have any final thoughts, we'd love to hear them. And, uh, you know, we're super grateful to have you on. You've been a blast. And, um, you know, I was shocked to have seen you just appear in this trivia nation match and obviously you smoked everybody and i came in fourth all pissed off but you know i'm so grateful that you you know answered me and decided to come on so thank you so much yeah no problem i'm glad that i, I normally don't keep the chat up at all in those in those events so i'm glad that i, I just happened to have it up that day <laughs> um but yeah so earlier that day my because i've played a lot of trivia nation star wars trivia i've i've I wanted to try and plan like an event for my company for my day job. And yeah. so we ended up using them 
to host like a, a sort of themed trivia that was kind of themed around like our company, like our specifically, right. they kind of yeah. asked questions about us and it was really, really fun. And it just happened to be earlier that day with the same host that we had. So that <laughs> was, it was really a fun coincidence. Um, but yeah, he was like, I think my boss said something to him, like, she's going to be in the Star Wars trivia tonight. And he's like, oh, okay. How do you, have you played with us before? And I was like, oh God, yeah. And he's like, you know, how do you think you'll do it? I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to win. Like I was, cause I'm like, at that point, I'm totally up to speed on like all my yeah. Schmodown study material. And I was mm -hmm. just like, no, this is, this is mine. I got this. And for most of the questions, you're getting multiple choice. So, yes. I mean, that's just, you know, the steal basically for you. Yeah. And because I've played with them so much, I kind of get the, it used to be that they, that every answer was had the speed thing attributed yeah. to it where they all counted no. down. Yeah. And so I'm glad they don't do it for all of them anymore, but I've gotten really good at that part of it too. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, so that was super, it was super fun. Um, I have enjoyed their trivia cause they do write really good questions. Yeah. Most of them are fairly easy. And the fact that they're multiple choice, you know, makes it a lot easier, but every once in a while they'll throw like a really weird one in there. Yeah. And this last one, I was actually really impressed cause the, the first couple that I did, it was, it, it felt a lot easier. And this last one, there was a couple that stumped me. So I was, I was pretty impressed. Yeah. Backup dancers, size noodles, backup dancers. How many? <laughs> I said there was two and there was three. I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. I think they, they brought in like a new writer recently. So yeah. she's, she's been really killing it. So yep. I, I've enjoyed it. Um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, in terms of like other stuff I have going on my, my show forced toast to star Wars happy hour has new episodes every other Tuesday. And then I host a show on John Roca's channel, The Outlaw Nation. I host a show with him called The Jedi Way, where we normally find like a sort of big picture Star Wars topic. And we talk about that for 45 minutes. Um, and that's every other Wednesday. Um, and then this coming Saturday, I'm going to be in Blue Band, the Milk Company's uh, solo two written by AI. I'm very <laughs> excited about that. Um, we were actually supposed to do it a couple weeks ago, but one of the leads had his had a family emergency and we had to reschedule. So that's happening Saturday, March 13th at 5 p.m. Central. And I'll be playing the roles of Kira and Bib Fortuna. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> what a difference. In exactly. <laughs> yep. It's going to be classic pairing. So I'm very excited. It's a two-hander, right? Between the two of them. That's a new romantic lead is a bit for tuna. <laughs> yeah, thank God they actually don't have any scenes together because that has happened within their other productions before where yeah. just one actor is talking to themselves. But yeah, no, I, I get to keep them separate, thank God. <laughs> do you figure out the voice for it? Or yeah, can we hear your best Bib Fortuna voice? I honestly, I have not spent near enough time practicing. <laughs> I just like, I love that like day one Awanga line Wanga. that he has. But it's so annoying because like, I can't talk in like Hatties or fake Hatties, yeah. whatever my interpretation of it, because it's live and there won't be captions. Right. So I have to speak in English, which yeah. I'm like, a little bit bummed about, but oh. it's fine. I can't I'm even sure picture. I can barely picture Bib Fortuna speaking English. Right? You know? Yeah. Exactly. It's, like, it's, it's like, gonna be weird. <laughs> be awesome, we'll be though. thrown off, but I'm sure you'll do great. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate the vote of confidence. So we will definitely blast your stuff out. Thank you so much for coming on and you know being our first guest. We really appreciate it, and um, you know we're just so grateful for having you here. You've been a blast. 
Thank you so much, you guys. The honor's all mine. This is great. And I'm so glad that we had that chance meeting at Trivia Nation because this has yeah. been awesome. And Me yeah, too. best of luck with your with your show. This is Thank you so thank much. Thank you so much. Laura. It's always fun to start a new podcast, but it's so much, so much work. And people have no idea how much work it is until they, yeah, they exactly. do it themselves. <laughs> so yeah, well done. And yeah, best of luck. Thank you. We hope <laughs> to see you at Star Wars Celebration in the future. Oh yeah, I'll be there. All right, good. We'll see <laughs> you there then. Very